Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rashford, he's in here, he scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Muga Making United Great Again. That's the agenda for the 2023-2024 season. I'm your host, I'm in the hot seat, I'm Mike Wakadiri, and I'm joined by two very, very regular guests on this podcast. First to you, Elijah, what's going on, man? I'm all right, I'm all right, still, still tired from accidentally staying up to watch the match, but I'm all good. Yeah, so it's a late one to stay up and watch, man. We'll have to get into what happened down out in Vegas, man. And Reams, what's going on, my guy? Yeah, I'm good, man. You know, been a while since I've been on, so nice to make a little comeback in the preseason tour. Trust I believe. Yeah, it's been a minute for myself as well, man. I feel a bit rusty, but, you know, we've got plenty of games to get through. And let's start with the one that happened the one that Elijah's referring to, man, our last preseason game out in the States. Been on a little tour out there. It finished Manchester United 2, Borussia Dortmund 3. So, Elijah, seeing as you stayed up, particularly to watch the game, man, what was your sort of initial thoughts of, of, of the match watching it? Um, I saw the lineup and I was like, Jesus Christ, I really hope I'm able to sleep. But I wasn't, so I just put on the game. Um, it was basically like our second string. So um, it was Heaton, 
Dallo, Maguire, Lindelof, Williams, McTominay, Erickson, Van der Beek, Omari Forson, Sancho up top, and then Pelestri on the left. Um, so yeah, I thought um, I was a bit surprised about the lineup. I thought he would go um, with the first team, but I'm guessing um, just with I'm guessing he's trying he's trying to get the whole squad fit. I've got two more games that he can do that with as well. So. Um, when we come back, um, but yeah, um, I tuned in about ten minutes late. But um, for the rest, from from what I saw in the first half, we were actually quite good. Um, I was really impressed with the way we built up from the back, especially through our fullbacks. Um, I especially like w- uh, Williams' positioning when off of like goal kicks, he would be really deep, like quite close to the corner flag. So it would entice the Dortmund press and then he we would be able to play out and, and then we had a lot of space to run into. Dalo looked back to the what we saw pre-World Cup. He was, whether it was outside or inside, he was looking very good. He was showing off his full repertoire of Cruyff turns and chops. And of course, he got that great goal as well. Um, but yeah, I, I was actually quite impressed. Um Ericsson was all, all right. McTominay wasn't as much of an eyesore as he usually is. Um, Forson was quite, was really poor and, and he got hooked. Um, but, but I think that was more for the yellow card. Perlestri was really good. Um, and yes, Central was really good as well. So that first half was actually, um, I was quite impressed and I, I was especially impressed because these are our, these, these were players, these are players that are not our first team player so it was good to see that even without that we were able to stick to our philosophy and it was kind of surprising when the first team players came on but um we can speak about that later but yeah the first half was really good the goal for Dallow was really good but then we kind of shot ourselves in the foot um with Williams being quite rash and then um he dove in for a tackle you missed it and then it kind of opened up the game for Dortmund and then Marlon was able to score and then Lindelof made a poor decision passing out from the back and Dortmund picked off to give a clear chance to Marlon again so even though we went in 2-1 behind um, it was I was actually quite happy with the performance of just lapses in concentration and um, a lack of a final ball to really extend our lead but yeah um, the, the first half was really good on my part Reams, what do you think about a couple? Obviously, we made a couple of sort of lapses. So the goals we conceded, there was more Man United mistakes rather than Dortmund's sort of ingenuity or attacking prowess. What do you think about that? Because obviously, with the way Eric Ten Hag wants to play, wants to build up from the back, defenders making straight passes is going to happen, right? I think the first goal was more like, like Elijah said, Williams, like. He's gone to try close down Karima Adeyemi. He's he's dived in Adeyemi. He's a very he's a clever player. He's a crafty player. He's just used um Williams' aggressiveness and just rolled him. And then from then, it's just through on goal. I feel like even even after that, they could they probably could have um done a little bit better to deal with the, deal with it again. But yeah, it's just one of those things. Like Williams is a good player, but obviously there's just a few. There's just a few flaws in his game that kind of lets him down from time to time, and the rashness is one of them. Um, the second goal is just <laughs> the second goal is just a, a Lindelof error in it. It's like a on, it's like an unforced error. It's like it's one of those things in it. Like he 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 was decent in the first half as well. Other than that, 
But yeah, like 43 minutes of the game, we pretty much dominated the whole game with the second stringers and then 60 seconds of just poor concentration, poor decision-making and we go in 2-1 in it. So yeah, that, that's football sometimes. And obviously the aim of the game is you lose, if you lose one half, you don't lose the, the second half. And I think the second half was 1-1, but obviously led to a 3-2 sort of loss in total for the whole game. I like yeah. that. What did you sort of make of, um, you know, uh, the change? We had the, obviously the first team more or less come on. We had obviously Rashford come on, Mount, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, what do you feel those players sort of? How did you feel those players' performances were? What did you think of our second half performance in contrast? Um, so for, for 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 the first fifteen minutes, we were pretty good again. I think we we came out a bit slow, and that's when um, obviously the Maguire thing where he passes to Ericsson, Ericsson loses the ball, and then. Onana has to save it where they have, have a clear chance. And then there's the whole shouting thing between Onana and Maguire. Um, there was a few times where we, we were quite sloppy um, in terms of, but in, in the main, those first 15 minutes, we were, it was much, it was pretty similar to the first half as well, um, where we were actually quite good in terms of building per, Perlestri, Sancho, Dallo, Williams. They were, they were just really good in terms of getting us up up the pitch. It was just that in the final third, we weren't as decisive, but with the, I guess, lower quality players in terms of their, like, yeah, the lower quality players, um, it was quite, um, the final ball just wasn't there. And then, of course, when you make a host of changes, obviously Onana came on, Anthony came on for Forson, uh, like 10, 10, 10 minutes before half time. So I, so I believe um, we made eight, changes so everyone but but the subs Onana and Anthony and then Sancho stayed on for an extra 15 minutes so everyone else got subbed um but yeah um of course when that happens there's going to be a lot of rhythm but it was it's pre-season but that that performance was that was that was horrible that was horrible too much it was like it was just so weird the fact that they they were basically playing like a Sunday league team where they just said, Rashford, you are going to run onto every long, long ball. And it was absolutely ridiculous. It was just, it was, it was, it was just so perfect to see because it's just like, I've watched for 60 minutes, our second string play through the thirds, may have good co- combination play in each third and then work it through the middle. And then our better players, our supposedly better players come on and they look like, fucking Sunday League players, Step 5 players or something like that. It's absolutely, it was just ridiculous. But I thought to myself, you know what? It's pre-season. Um, there's been a... Ten Hag hasn't necessarily ruled out his first 11 time and time again. But the fact that Ten Hag came out afterwards and said, yeah, that, that those last 30 minutes was absolutely abysmal. I'm just... Yeah, man, that, that was so poor. Like, Casemiro looked clunky. Mount looked okay. Um, he he looked he looked okay, but I, I wish he got on, on the ball more. Shaw was sloppy. Rashford was sloppy. Anthony, even though it was part part of the first half cohort, kind of he was shit again. Wan-Bissaka was absolutely horrendous. Jesus Christ! I mean, wow, he was so bad. Bruno was quiet until uh, until like the last ten minutes. Um, Evans looks every bit his age. Gee, wow, yeah. <laughs> Wow, he he looked so old. He he just looked so old, and yeah, um, Martinez was okay, but yeah, I mean the team just it 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 was so 
weird how we got so much worse once they came on. And it's not even the worst way they're clearly unfit. It was just that they were just they were just just boot, booting the ball anywhere and everywhere. It was just ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it was like I was really disappointed with the last fair payments. Yeah, it's quite surprising. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, when it's preseason, you're going to get uh, so many substitutions, lack of rhythm, lack of flow. But you would have thought that the sort of first team, so to speak, would sort of stand up and show up and demonstrate, continue the good work in the first half from the sort of second string, the fringe players. Reams, do you have any other different opinion on that? Or were you similarly disappointed with how the more regular players fared in the second half? Yeah, I think, um, you know what it is? I feel like the balance of profiles in the in the second string team was just better than the profiles that we have in the first team, which is maybe a small cause for concern, but maybe it's just a, a little, uh, a case of ironing out the kinks because like what this is, the first string guys, like the international players, they've only been back for like three games. And I think, well, this is the third game. So they're really like still kind of getting used to each other, they're getting used to Onana and everything like that. You know what I mean? So, um, obviously, like Rashford, like I say, for like, for the first ten minutes, Rashford was on. He looked really, really raggedy, but then like he 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 started to become dangerous again. Like maybe like he had a good chance where he running behind, um, forced a save from the keeper. Then Anthony missed the open goal. Like so, Rashford like he he, he was consistently dangerous, but like it's just his actual like quality at times was just he just looked a little bit rough, but. That 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 will work itself out. It's preseason or whatever, but like, I just feel like the team in the first half was just better at keeping the ball. Honestly, like, uh, you talk about Van der Beek, Eriksson, Sancho, um, uh, Brandon Williams, Dallow. All these guys are just like comfy on the ball. You know what I mean? They was comfy on the ball, receiving it on the pressure, playing playing through the lines, etc. In the second half. Casemiro, we know Casemiro's not the greatest on the pressure. Like, if you pressure him, he'll give the ball away. Like, when when he gets on the ball and he has time, he could, he could pump a ball through the lines or play play a good pass. He played one, like, outside of the boot pass through to Rashford that was, like, incredible. But, like, just the balance between Casemiro, Mount, and Bruno right now is a little bit awkward, I feel. I feel like I'm not really sure what Mount's role is in possession, out of possession, like his ability to like press from the front, counter press, nick the ball, win the ball back was great. There's a few times like he got the ball between the lines and pumped some some nice, some nice balls in between the lines, like kind of like changing the tempo a little bit. There were some flashes of stuff, but like, I just feel like he's on the periphery a bit too much. Whereas in the first half, Ericsson was constantly looking for the ball. McTominay was getting on the ball. He was nice and safe and, and comfy with it. He wasn't giving it away. Um, Van der Beek, you know, he he has a good understanding of playing between the lines, one touch, two touch link in play. Um, the balance of that second half midfield just it just wasn't it just wasn't great. Um, so that's that's something we're gonna have to work on. I feel like when Kobe Mainu was in there, things were a little bit smoother because he he he's quite good in like every phase. He's good in the first phase. Um, you know, he has athleticism to get up and down as well. So I, I feel like his injury has kind of thrown off the balance of the midfield a little bit. It was looking a bit better when he was in there. So it, it, it's some stuff that we're going to have to figure out going into the season. I think maybe if we get Sofian Amrabat, he's a little bit more secure in the first phase, a bit more press resistant than the Casemiro. So maybe that's something we're going to have to, we're going to have to look at in terms of like how we balance the profiles in midfield. And um, obviously on Wan-Bissaka, it's just, 
if we want to be a team that's going to build out from our back five, you know, you've got Onana, you've got Lisandro, you've got Shaw, like those guys are great. But going on the right-hand side, if you're going to have Varane, if you're going to have Wambasaka, and we're going to rely on our back five to build, I, I don't think Wambasaka could start. Like may, maybe he could be like a like a special teams player, like a, like a punt returner or a kicker or something. Just <laughs> you're facing a guy that's that, that's that's an amazing 1v1 player, just drafting Wambasaka. But other than that, we need some guys that, that are comfortable receiving the ball, comfortable playing off both feet, breaking lines, you know what I mean? And Wambasaka really struggles in that regard. So yeah, it's something it's something we're gonna have to we're gonna have to really look at. No, very, very good point. Particularly when what you're saying about the midfield. Obviously, the the top three or Eric Tenkar's preferred three appears, obviously spending the money he did on Mount, you'd think it'll be Casemiro, Bruno Mount. Do you Elijah, what do you think the best three? combination that we have or should play what would your preferred three be i mean i mean if mainly was fit I, I think he'll he'll be good next to casemiro but even him i don't even want him starting like that as a he he just turned 18 three, three months ago he's not like an old 18 year old but he's about to be on he's about to be in that 19 yeah yeah he's quite young so i I think this role where he's kind of like a backup and can fill it in cup games and come on and get minutes, kind of like Garnacho done last season, would be good. I'm going to be real. Our best midfield is Amrabat, Mano, Bruno. That's the best midfield we could put out there this season. I'm being for real. I, I, I mean, do, do you know what? If you're talking about balance of profiles, ability to like receive under pressure, progressive, athleticism, counter pressing, that's the because, best, most balanced midfield we could put out there this season. Because we, have, we haven't signed. I'm about yeah. I'm not gonna say anything, but based on what I've heard and seen of I'm about Casemiro really might need to lock into his Real Madrid self again because yeah, man. Some of the fugazi stuff out. I, I can't lie. It it moved me so much last season where I was able to ignore some stuff, but it can't run. I like I said it last season. It can't run this season, like especially with the other players. He's Especially with the fact we we signed Mount, I mean, we actually just need someone in there that is going to keep the ball. Because even though Mount yesterday, um, those quick passes, he and it's it's one thing that does quite well in terms of quickening up the tempo of our player, of our play. But we need someone to slow it down. We need someone to not be to be safe and like so someone we know we can pass the ball to in the middle of the pitch and we'll take care of it and we really don't have that now um but yeah i mean i think yeah man it's, it's act like when i watched that game and i watched those last famous because that, that was pretty much where the first game i watched live this season it, it just makes me more concerned about this mount signing to be honest i just I just don't i just don't understand it and the way that um ten hogs trying to combat this with the Martinez pushing into midfield thing, I think is so weird. And I, yeah, and I just don't like it. I, I find it really, really weird. Um, so I just don't know. Like that that midfield problem to me, I still need to see it. I've been trying to convince myself, lie to myself. I, I feel like Mount might need a mindset change. I don't know. Like some people are saying maybe it's Ten Hag's instructions that he keeps trying to bomb into the box like he's flipping Frank Lampard or something like that. No, but, like, but that's just Mount though. Yeah, I, I don't think his instructions. I think that's just him. Like, I think he's been so used to playing that kind of like, because, you know, he spent a lot of time at Chelsea in like the front three, yeah. mm. getting in the box. I think 
he needs a mindset change that like he has to be more of a midfielder now. Like he can't be like having 14 touches, completing five passes. In, in like he needs to be getting on the ball like 45, 50 touches and a half. Like you know what I mean? He needs to get more back into that mindset of a midfielder that you need to get on the ball. You need to connect the second to the third phases. You need to progress the ball. You need to recycle it. You know what I mean? You need to help build. You know, you need to help create like. Every like I'm watching the game and like every time we're in possession, like Bruno's dropping deep, Casemiro's got the ball. Like, where's Mount? Where's Mount? Like, come give yourself an option. Come, come present yourself as an option in midfield so they could pass to. But this guy's like crashing the box. Like I'm like, bro, nah, this isn't gonna work. This is this this balance. The equilibrium of this midfield is all off right now, man. It's not gonna work if that's how he's gonna play. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I was even about to say you alluded to it there, but I was about to say. At the, the tail end of last season, we saw Bruno sort of play one of the six roles and we could see he's disciplined. Because that's something that we've levied at Bruno criticism. We've levied at him saying, you know, he could be a bit reckless on the ball. He's not disciplined. He doesn't sort of control temper. But we saw at the tail end of last season that Bruno can do that. So if, if we have that sort of Bruno with sort of a Casemiro or or Amrabat, if he comes in from Florentina, do you think that could work? You know, a more disciplined Bruno, Casemiro and, and Mount? If if you really spent fifty five million just to push Bruno Bruno back further, then yeah, man, this club just doesn't take the art of being a midfielder seriously. To be quite honest with you, because I just think that's just ridiculous. Um, there's multiple central midfielders on the market, and then to buy Mount and then have what Bruno Deepar have Mount crashing the ball. It's just it's just weird. It's it's like the whole thing is just weird to me and. I'm even more concerned now just after we're watching the game yesterday. But um yeah, we'll we'll see with that. I'm just not um the idea of that, that midfield just didn't impress me and yeah, I'm even less impressed after yesterday. That is it's yeah, we've got we've got two more games to sort of rectify and see things before our season's opener against Wolverhampton Wanderers. So uh we'll see what sort of combination Eric Tenghar comes up with. But not to sort of make things worse, before that loss to uh, Borussia Dortmund, we played uh, Real Madrid, obviously the European super, superpower, also on our US tour. And that was a game that we lost 2-0. And that was a game, if I recall correctly, that we did have uh, our stronger team start in the match. Uh, that game, Onana made his first starting goal. Uh, we had one Basaka right back, Varane right-sided centre-back. Martinez, left side of centre-back, Luke Shaw, left-back. Kobe Maynard before his injury and Casemiro were the two sort of sixes with Bruno Fernandes in the hole with Ganacho off the left. Mason Mount was kind of playing off the right, unless him and Bruno were interchanging. And we had uh, Mr. New five-year contract, Marcus Rashford up top. Um, that game ended 2-0. Reams, I don't know if you caught that game, but what did you sort of make of uh, the game, the highlights, the goals? Well, what did you sort of make of, of that match? Um, it was it was Bruno that was on the right. Mason Mount was through the middle. Um, Cheers. So yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, Kobe Mainu came off after like two minutes, and Kristen Eriksen came in. I think in the first half, I feel like we did all right. I feel like you know, like Real Madrid, um, they had a clear, I'd say, athleticism advantage over us, like in midfield and like in terms of like, like that, like. Their, their back line is quite athletic as well. You know, you got like um, Antonio Rudiger, 
um, David Alaba. I mean, they got a the new kid, Fran Garcia, you know, and then midfield, you got Chouameni, you got Kamavinga, you got um, Jude Bellingham, Modric, all of these guys are athletic players. So I think when we brought on Ericsson, Ericsson, Casemiro and Mount, like they kind of, they, they, they had a bit more intensity in midfield than we did. I feel like, obviously the first goal, we was down to 10 men, it was a mile offside. So whatever in it, like, but <laughs> the main, the main issue I saw in this game is that Real Madrid have a very good defense, and our our attack is just is just average at the moment. It's it's our attack is not great, so like we need. That's why I think Ten Hag pushed ahead with the Rasmus Hoyland deal, why we even like ended up paying what they wanted because we really it really showed in that game that we lacked the kind of firepower. You know, Garnacho had a few decent chances one v one. He looked he looked sharp, he looked bright. You know, he's still a little rough around the edges as a nineteen year old, but that that the sparks there he shows. You know, Rashford through the middle. It was a tough time for him against like two athletic centre backs. You know, he kind of struggles um, in them like kind of like centre forward battles sometimes. On um, Bruno on the right wing, it just doesn't really work. Like it, it the balance between Bruno and Wambasaka on that right wing is is all off. They can't really combine together. Like it, it's not great in it. So it, it it got better. It got better in the second half when Real Madrid took off like a lot of their more athletic midfielders and brought on maybe like a Tony Cruz and Ibrahim Diaz and whatever but I feel like we did all right I feel like we did all right Real Madrid's a good team you know um but I think it just kind of showed where we kind of lack in the in the final third I think I was impressed with us in the in, in the first two phases like with Onana Lissandro Martinez and Luke Shaw that's that's a bit of a cheat code in terms of like how we how we how we could cut through a team's press now, but yeah, now nah, there's still work to do, man. There's still work to do. The main concern coming out of that game was definitely the front three. Yeah, Elijah. Any any real different sort of opinion? Obviously, I think you make a very good point with Rashford versus Rudiger and Alaba. But do you um, any other opinion? Because the goals, Rumor just scored a pretty good goals. To be fair, good finishes, both of them. Yeah. So obviously, the first one came quite early. Um, as Reams alluded to, 10 men and offside. And then the second goal was like a really good finish, which came in like the last minutes of the game. Um, I didn't, I, I caught the highlights. Um, yeah, there's not much else to say, but yeah, it's kind of like what we saw against Dortmund as well in terms of the lack of like cutthroatness in our front line. Like the final ball just isn't there. Um, and he, even though he wasn't good, for his standards when he came on, like you saw the clear threat that Rashford carries compared to all our other attackers. Um, so that's something that we really needed to sort out. Um, I feel like Sancho, there was a couple of times where he could have really put it on a plate for Palestri or Van der Beek um, when he got clear. Um, but he was good in everything else. So I won't be too harsh on him. But yeah, there's just a real lack of like threat in our front line and we really need to improve improve on it but and I guess maybe that's where your mount and your Bruno can come in with the chipping in to crash the box quite late and things like that um but yeah I, I'm just I'm concerned about one our service into those areas if one of them is going one of them is going to be the one that is going to deliver it, it is going to be running into the box and just our general front three and how much they can trouble uh, 
back-to-back -back line consistently over 90 minutes. Hello? Sorry, sorry, my bad. Um, no, but no. I was just jumping on what Reem said a bit earlier. Obviously, the lack of firepower up front is probably what has accelerated Ten Hag to sort of push, push the, the the men in suits and people in suits to get the deal with Atalanta done for uh, Hoogeland, uh the young 20-year-old Danish striker. Um, obviously, maybe it's a Scandinavian thing, but obviously there's all this comparing him to... Let me stop you right there, Michael. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> no, I don't want to get into it. I don't we, get into no, it. no, 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 no. We got, like we got an issue on this podcast with pronouncing this kid's name, but we need to get Hoyland. We, we, we need to get this. We need to get this thing together now, man. Hodgeland. Hodgeland. I don't know what the hell Michael just said. It's, How do you say it? It's Hoyland. Rasmus Hoyland. Rasmus. Hoyland. Hoyland. That's, even, that's easier Bro. to say than what I said. Bro, the J is silent. <laughs> the J is silent. Man said Hodgeland. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> Oh, I'm calling him Roy Hodgson over there. Like, I don't know what's going on on this podcast, bro. It's Rasmus <laughs> Hoyland. Hoyland. Easy. That's light, man. That's yeah, light. Yeah, should like we... put a little note there to Jay Sand. Rasmus Hoyland. There right, we boom. go. There we go. Okay. Boom continue. blast. Yeah, no, no, thanks for the correction, man. I don't, I don't, look, man, this, this could be our new superstar signing. Let's not disrespect him early. So, yeah. Hoyland. Obviously, 72 M's. Well, that's 64 apparently guaranteed plus add-ons. Uh, from Atalanta, what would you guys make of him? Like, have you seen much of him? Obviously, now everyone asks you. You got YouTube now. Everyone's got a comp made. Everyone's adding a nice sort of music to it. But have you guys see, sort of seen him in action live? Um, fortunately, I've seen him a hell of a lot outside of the comps. Now, I've seen seen pretty much most of the good things he did last season. Um, I I, I really like him. I think immediately coming in, his profile improves us from the get-go like he's he's six foot three athletic runs the channels good technically can strike the ball on both feet you know he, he he'll give us a box present occupy center backs but he could also get on the ball combine you know what i mean so immediately he improves us just with that profile um i think his ceiling is really high his floor going into next season i think we gotta be realistic with expectations but i feel like you put him around good creative players like Bruno, um, uh, Mount, whatever you know. I mean, guys that could, guys that are good at passing in transition, are good at finding guys running in behind Rashford. Then he 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 could he could really contribute. I think the signing is more of a project signing for like what he could be in like two three years when he's 23, 24. But I feel like right now he could come in, score twenty goals, twenty five goals, all competitions next season for real. Like. There's a lot of talk about him scoring nine goals last season, but if you really examine the numbers, in Syria, he played about 20 games worth of minutes. So it's mm. really nine goals in 20 games worth of minutes. Um, before he signed for... Um, before he signed for... Atalanta, he was playing at Sturmgratz in, in the Austrian Bundesliga. He scored about seven goals in nine games for them before he got signed. So... Really and truly, he scored about 16 goals last season in club competition and he scored about six in four for his national team. So you're talking about 20-odd goals last season for, for, for a guy that was 19 and 20 years old. So he's already scoring at a good rate for, for a teenage striker. You get what I mean? 
So mm. I'm not too worried about all of that. The price, it's steep. It's steep for a guy that's really at the start of his journey. You know, we talk a lot about signing players before they explode so you don't have to get them on like a, 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 a massive deal or whatever. So people's talking about, okay, if that's the case, then why have we signed this kid for 60 odd million, 70 million? But let's, if, if you if you look at it, he, he's on about 70K. You have to ask Mr. Bolingoli how much he's going to be on. He's, he's going to be about, about 70, 80K in wages. Um, so the cost of him over the the, the, the length of his five-year contract is about 10, 10, 11 million a year. Is that right, Elijah? Yeah, it'll, it'll be about that. Uh, well, because it's what, 60 million, 65 million right now on a five-year contract. So it'll be, yeah, so it'll be like 18 million with, with his wages and that. Yeah, so like, bro, man's talking about you could have paid a little bit more and got Harry Kane. No, you could have not. Harry Kane would have cost over 100 million and his wages would have been in... He probably would have been the highest paid player in the league. Easy. Um, Victor Osterman, he would have cost... He would have cost more than Harry Kane's going to cost probably knowing flipping the team he's coming from. Plus bro. the wages. So, yeah. bro, like... If we, if, if we sat in Hoyland for 70 million, cool. That's cheaper than Sancho. That's cheaper than Anthony. If Hoyland comes in next season and scores 30 goals, I think anyone's going to care we spent 30 mil- um, 70 million. That's going to look... That's going to look like a bargain. You know what I'm saying? Nice. So, so, like, bro, you can't you you can't sign a striker that scored 30 goals last season for 70 million. Nowhere in the world. Nowhere in the world. You can't get you can't get Goncalo Ramos for that. You can't get Osimhen for that. You could even get Darwin Nunes for that. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, no, that's very true. I think. Yeah, so bro, strikers in the market. We paid a little premium because the striker market right now isn't great. Cool, but it's still a lot cheaper than you'd have to pay for a striker that was scoring 20, 30 goals. You get what I'm saying? So. I'm I'm cool. I'm cool with the price, and he's on modest wages as well. So yeah, nah. If the kid ends up being good, no one's gonna care. That's gonna look like peanuts. But but that's the hope, isn't it? That's the hope. You know, you you put you put your money in, and you you sort of hope that you sort of get value for money on on the way back, isn't it? So you know, so that that's what we hope for. Well, sorry, one sec. <laughs> um. But yeah, just in terms of Hoyland as well, um, Napoli just rejected 120 million from Al Hilal. So oh, essentially, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so essentially, I was saying you could have put in 30 million more and got and yeah, got Hoyland. Okay, like, let's not take. That and deal. then you gotta think he's gonna be, he's gonna come in on like 80, 70k. Osman's coming in on 200, 250 probably or something like that. Maybe even more. Kane is going to be even more than that. The the money the disparity is different, and like you said, pe- people are saying, "Oh, we should be signing these players before before they go bang." And so, why is it costing so much, brother? You you see now the the price of the of the fucking striker market. This this is essentially what why 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 we're paying 60, 70 million for 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 Hoyland because. We're trying to get him as cheap as we can now before he explodes, and then we have to start talking about paying 120 million, 138 million. But um, I echo a lot of what Reem said, and from and um, just from his profile, uh, and then just his statistics I've looked at is shot map as well, just to see like what type of shots he's taking. He's not taking. It doesn't look like he's taking dumb shots from stupid. Angles. Um, um, I think he's quite good at the transition as well. And and then in terms of the amount of shots he 
he gets from like um, in the penalty penalty area. It, it, it is most of it, but just compared to the strikers on on the market, it's not as much. But Atalanta are quite a counter-attacking team, and plus they do play with two strikers quite a lot. So it's either him or him or Lookman, or they'll bring they'll. I think they could bring off Mumuriel off the bench Zap- and. Uh, don't have Zapata as well. I think so. I'm, I'm not sure if he left or not, but I think he might still be there. Um, but yeah, like so, they have a lot of options there, and like we said, his his numbers are actually quite good. If you stop looking at like that, absolutes. He started twenty. He started twenty games. Came came off the bench in twelve. That's why. So as you say made thirty appearances, but the amount of um, minutes he played was the equivalent of 24 games in the league. And then if you include what he scored everywhere, he got over 20 and that was at 19 to 20 years old. So that plus his profile, it's a good, exciting signing. And I just really hope it works. Um, I can't wait to see him. Um, And it will be interesting to see how he's used because um, from what I've heard is that in the air, he's not that great. So he's, hopefully, no, that... he's, he's he's not. That is that is. I guess that's one concern. That, yeah. But that's like, well, like last season, Marcus Rashford wasn't very good in the air. Like one year yeah. on the Benny McCarthy, he was dunking on yeah. man. Like, you know what I mean? So, bro, he's, he's twenty years old. He's, that's something, bro. Wayne Rooney wasn't good in the air at twenty years old. Thierry Henry wasn't good in the air at twenty years old. So, that's not something. Like, I'd be more concerned if like. He was he he his ball striking was poor. Or yeah, his touch was janky or something like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, those but, are compatible. Yeah, 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 but it's just a bit of con- the, the concern I have is that, for example, if we do want to uh, play out of a press like a long ball, I'm quite like in terms of who's gonna like win flick ons or yeah, we like know that. yeah, we're like like looking at like for example Andre Anana, you know, like he yeah. like playing that long ball to like a Lukaku. Who could flick it on or Lautaro Martinez, who's really good with his back to goal, like so that's that's definitely a, a area that he's gonna have to work on and, and, get, and get better at. But yeah, apart, like, apart from that, I'm excited for the signing. It's, it's probably the uh, I, I was gonna say it's, it's probably the most excited most exciting of the signings that it is that we made this summer. But there was a pass that Onana played yesterday that yeah, man. That was that all my days. I was expecting the ball. To, I was expecting the ball to go to the kick, man. Bro, when it landed at Maguire, yeah, bro. I was like, oh my goodness, what has bro what have you been introduced to right now, bro? I I was so conditioned by that other year yeah, that my head had been really turned <laughs> up the pitch, and I, and 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 then I saw the the camera didn't turn my head. I said, what's going on here? That pass he played was ridiculous, and then there were so many passes he played yesterday. What I was thinking. What the hell? How, the, like the, there was actually a point where I was thinking, let's bring Heaton back on and put Onana in midfield, bro, because <laughs> he was moving insane. But do you know what? It's it's really good to see. Um, he made a couple good good saves as well. But yeah, I'm yeah. I mean, those two signings, I think they were two signings that we needed to make up top and in goal. Um, and we'll see how much it improves us because those are like it, those are such in, integral positions. So if they are both hits, I feel like that is where we can really just like actually move onto that next step of becoming like a threat in Europe and being on the 
precipice of challenging for the title, but there's still so many holes that we, we need we need to improve before we're a definite with that. What would you with 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 Hulan in the team? What what just starting eleven be guys? Bro, Hoyland. Hoyland. <laughs> oh my goodness, my bad. You, I've, even, man, I've even got the name in front of me. I've even waited said, for the letters. Man said Hoyland, like it's from Hooville. Oh, I can't get Hoyland, Hoyland, Hoyland. Hoyland. Yeah. Um, I would go Onana, Dallo, um, Varane, Martinez, Shaw, uh, Casemiro. Casemiro, Mount Bruno, um, on the right, Sancho, Rashford, Hoyland. And what about you, Reeves? Onana, Dalo, Varane, Lisandro, um, Shaw, Amrabat, Menu, Bruno, Rashford, Hoyland, Ahmad. Ahmad. I like that. That's not the team that's going to get played, but that's the team. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I said the team. Yeah, that, that, said... that, that's our best team. <laughs> yeah. I said the team, apart from Sancho and Anthony, where for me it's like a toss-up right now. I, that's that's the team that I just know. I, is I feel like based on preseason, if we're, if we're going to do a realistic team, that 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 I feel like a realistic start game on is obviously going to be Onana. I feel like Dalo has played himself into that starting lineup. We'll see how the last friendly goes. Obviously, Varane, Lisandro, Shaw, it'll be Casemiro, Mount, Bruno, Rashford, Hoyland. And I think based on preseason, Sancho, Sancho has earned himself a start on that right wing over Anthony. If we're going off how they played in preseason. Yeah, yeah. Sancho's been playing like false nine up top, which is not somewhere I thought he would play. We, obviously, a lot of time we spoke about Sancho in the last couple of years. It's always, oh, you know, could he play number 10? Could he be that guy? And it's just surprising to see Ten Hag put him fully up top. Um, he did say like he likes him centrally, and I agree as well. But like I've said before, um, he needs to earn to he needs to earn his way to play centrally because he's been playing like a he's been playing like half the players where wherever he's played. So um, but yes, yeah, he's looked sharp this preseason, which is good. Um, from what I've seen, he was he was actually really good yesterday. Um, it was quite the thing is I was about to be impressed by the fact that he beat someone in a foot race. Then I realized he's playing Dortmund. That Bundesliga attacks, I thought, yeah, man, I don't, I, I don't want to get overzealous there. But he he does look much sharper. And then even with the little combinations, his touch, there was a one really nice turn he done, um, yesterday before um he messed up the final ball to Van der Beek. But it was a really nice turn. Um, but yeah, I feel like he would be someone that would be good in terms of complementing that front line as well, and just our team. Overall, someone that has a bit of like a bit of calm to him in in like the in like the final phase, rather than just a just a gun, gun, gun of Mount Bruno Rashford. So yeah, um, hopefully he has earned the start, and I never have to see Anthony again because I'm sorry he's making me lose my will to live. I can't. Oh, you you done with him, bro? I never started. <laughs> it ne- bro, it ne- it never started. I bro, like I, I the first thing is I was looking through my tweets today, and I even before he signed, I said I cannot believe we're going to sign him, and that was even at like 50, 60 million. It is. It was one of the most. Is it might be by the end of his career, which is hopefully at least 
like at most next season at United, it will be it will be the worst transfer I've seen. He is so bad. Like I, there's such little rede- redeemable qualities about him as a winger that it's just infuriating. He's he's not creative. His ball striking's poor. His goal scoring movements not that great. Um, his ball retention is okay at best. Like he's just a bang average player who pisses me off. Who he knows just, the system? That, uh, I think that's 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 probably why Ten Hag got him because he knows how he likes to play. You don't spend eighty-five million on that, bro. Nah, man, that's ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, hopefully Sancho does well so that he's consigned to the bench. Um, I, I was hoping that Ahmad would come in to do something, but obviously he um he got an injury versus Arsenal, and then he's been being assessed with with a knee injury. That's why he wasn't on the bench yesterday. Um, so yeah. But one one more recent signing, obviously Andre Andre Onana, obviously started in goal. And obviously, what did you make of the whole Harry Maguire thing? Do you think that's a thing, or do you think that's just the storm in the teacup? I think with that one, I'm just like with with, with me. I think if you look at it as like a standalone clip, I can get why people can get that interpretation. But we have literally come out for the second half. We've lost a goal by playing a stupid a stupid pass out of the back. And that pass that Maguire played to Ericsson, he shouldn't play that. He should have played it back to Onana, which I think was a point that Onana was making. You're, you're playing a ball to Ericsson who has like three men a, 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 around him and it's going to be difficult to play out of. Um, so I, I feel like in the context of the game, I completely understood it because like we, we literally just lost a goal through that same sloppy play and even the and even the winning goal was from Wambasaka with that same sloppy play as well um so yeah i f- i feel like it was fine i, f- I think Heaton and williams got into a disagreement in the first half as well but there was nothing said about that i, I feel like people um the whole maguire thing he has his P- pr team they work v- very well um um, so, yeah, I think that's it. And also, people are looking for any opportunity to jump on Nana's back for for two reasons. One is for De Gea, because he has, obviously, he's a legend and whatever. And also, me personally, it's just because he's a black goalkeeper. I feel like they're being quite harsh on him. But, yeah, that's my take on it. Reams, do, do you agree? Just uh, not much to do about nothing? Have you heard anyone mention Allison or Edison so far this preseason? Started not even playing. I don't even know. Oh shit! <laughs> no. <laughs> do, they, do 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 those guys even exist? Like obviously people talking about Ramsdale because what's happened with David Raya, but I've not heard no one mention Allison. I've not heard no one mention Edison. I've not heard, heard no one mention Kepo. What's that? What's what's that new guy? What's that Italian guy that Spurs signed? V- v- victorious. <laughs> Vic Ficario. <laughs> <laughs> no one mentioned him. Essentially, the point I'm trying to make is the only reason why anyone's talking about this is because of Manchester United. If it was ever happened at any other game, any other preseason game, no one would care. <laughs> we wouldn't even be talking about it. It would have happened in a game and everyone would have moved on. So yeah, that's all I got to say about that. It's it's a whole load of nothing. It's 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 it's, it's sports. Guys get shouted out on the pitch all the time. Five aside yeah. that. Man paid their five pound to come play. There's nothing to play for. Man's getting shouted at. So, <laughs> <laughs> Harry Maguire is a big boy. He will live. Like, come on, man. 
There are people at Power League right now getting their ear chewed off. <laughs> and they paid money. That's funny. Bro, oh, they're, not, they're not getting paid 250000 to play and they're getting cooked on the... On, on, <laughs> they, got bare, they got bare that rubber stuff in their AstroTurfs right now and they're getting showered at. <laughs> They'll live. Like, you know what I mean? It'll be okay. Like, it's not that deep. Yeah, maybe that PR team's working overtime, as you say, Elijah, man. Boy. We just got to ignore... Gary Abongnohor could not even spell his last name if you gave him 50 attempts. Hey! <laughs> we just got a... We got a hey! Game, but... I, I, hey. I, I mean, that's just half... That's half because he's dumb and half because he doesn't even know that he's half now Nigerian himself. But... Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Man like Gabby, you know. Oh. Right. Let's, let's get into some listeners' questions. Uh, thank you, everyone, for obviously posting them in. Uh, just by chance, we've answered some um, already on the pod. But let's go to... Um, uh, let's let's start with a fun one. Who... Don Tolva, number one stand account, ruler of Gap. Who wants out? Sad, more Maguire, or Stringer Bell from The Wire? Okay, let me let me come back to this again, because the English weren't English in here. <laughs> yeah, bro, I had no idea what Batman I was talking about. Who wants out sad more? But who okay. who went out sad? The Stringer Bell or Maguire? I, I I feel like it's definitely Stringer Bell. To be fair, he's dead. Maguire and him are going machine for machine with the with the going outside right now. So. <laughs> hey man, it's definitely hey. Stringer, but Maguire, Ten Hag, I I reckon Ten Hag's being a bit mean. He's being mean. He's being, nah, mean. Nah, He's nah. being a bit mean, though. He's being he, mean. He don't rate him. Nah, I'm sorry, yeah. When I saw the PR coming out saying, oh, but Maguire said he's going to fight for his place. I'm saying, you're such a dickhead. I know I know. Ten Hag saw that and said, yeah? Yeah. Said, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but when I see the report come out that Maguire said, these men are trying to send me to Stratford-Westfield. Bro. Nah, <laughs> nah that can't work. I was like, Harry, he, he does, uh, it's sad he doesn't know yet. It's sad Bro. he doesn't know it. Listen, if Maguire could get him a nice little move to Syria in the Milan, little Juventus or something like that, he should he should take it. But bro, in the Premier League, West Ham's about the best you could hope for right now. Maybe a little Tottenham might come in late in the window. Chelsea just signed that that French kid, so they ain't signing him. So mm. like, what else are his other options in the Prem? Bro, there's legit no one. Fam, Brian not signing him. Villa that, aren't signing him. None of them are giving him them wages. Bro, like that's the thing, and and the worst thing is like, fam, you're still gonna you're playing Europa League. I I, I don't understand the problem. And Him turning going... his nose up at West Ham is hilarious, bro. It's bro. Actually crazy. A guy with seventeen relegations on his CV, <laughs> <laughs> bro. It's actually just crazy, like. But this is what I mean, like Ten Hogs not being mean. Maguire is just being so difficult. Where it's like, brother, you need to understand. No one wants you anymore, like. It's, this is serious and, and and the worst thing is yeah Ten Hag knows that because we if, if we cannot move Maguire on we cannot get a centre back in that means we're going to have to have games where we're playing Maguire and bro no one wants that no no one wants that so like he just needs to be serious he needs to be serious and he just needs to go ego in it you know what I'm saying man like obviously 80 million big expensive defender he don't want to go out like that you don't want to go out like that. Ego's a big thing, man. 
But let's get into another one. Um, Brandon, Brandon Law, thank you for your question. Thoughts on the lack of dribblers in the team and the broader Premier League game? Question mark. What are we losing with this shift towards work rate, tactical aptitude and players fitting into the preset puzzles? Bro, they told me we got five Colo Moanis in the team, so... Bro. And I, I want to... Where where are they? Where's all the dribblers? <laughs> Bro, I swear to God, our like our top three guy, top four, four or five guys that can dribble, most of them don't even get into the match day squad. I'm talking Hannibal, like even Ahmad, maybe Perlestri. Apart from R- Rashford, Wan-Bissaka's probably like the one who's going to jink past people the, the most. How crazy that, that is. Wan-Bissaka, like... It would be, oh. be Rashford, Garnacho, and Wambasaka. Yeah, I, I, I even for, 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 forgot about Garnacho. But yeah, like, because I'm, fam, we barely have anyone that can take the ball and just, like, go past them. And Joe, like, I'd, like, outside of goal scoring, yeah, if you have a man that can just take players out the game with the ball at their feet, do you know how much it opens up the game? Like, mm. it's, like it's so important. And the, the fact that we lack it so much, it makes it so much harder. Like, because we have, if not that, then we have to rely on passing ball. And that's not that bad. But if, for example, we can't play a long pass like your Brunos and Casemiro or your Martinez or even Onana, we're going to have to do combination play. And that's more difficult with teams that sit back. Like, we really need players that are able to pick up the ball and go, go, and go past the man. Which is why I thought... It would be nice if we had like a, if we had like a Hannibal as a b- b- backup to b- b- bring on in games to like relieve pressure, play like Grealish, earn some yards, like get get a f- first down in that, and then get fouled just to relieve some pressure because we have no one that can do that apart from Rashford or Gar Garnacho, and it's just it's so frustrating. And just in terms of the wider game. Yeah, I mean, the wider game's just been trending to this point, and I, and like, and I feel like a lot of it's just to do with there's so much money in the game now. Like they're just trying to cut out all of the risk, and with a dribbler, you're 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 likely to to lose the ball. So, yeah, that's not that's very good. That's a very good point because you when I look at the team, I don't really see players with that X factor. You know what I mean? Like I think we don't have those sort of you know a play like. Maybe Ganacho has it. Rashford probably has it. Where it's like, rah, like, oh, they got the ball. What are they going to do? They're going to surprise us. You know, it's, it seems very more formulaic. I don't know if you guys sort of agree or share that opinion, but it just seems, as you know, we're moving towards like system, system basis rather than, um, oh, this this maverick is going to do something. Like, where, where's the Dimitri Payets of the world? Do you know what I'm saying? Coaches, co- there's more money going into football now. Coaches are under more pressure, so they're trying to do as much as they can to limit variance in the game. They're trying to control every aspect of the game, and that takes away freedom, that takes away ingenuity, that takes away some of that, some of that off the cuff stuff that really entertains people because coaches want to have control over every single aspect of the game to try and limit mistakes, to try and limit. Um, things that they can't predict and it, it, it makes the game more formulaic, it makes the game more robotic, it makes the game more boring Um, it becomes a tactical now, like some of the most fast, like the games we like, that's why, that's why like some of the games we, we like are just like 
you know, like when like a guy, a team's chasing a game or something like that, and like it's it's fast and furious, and like guys are mm. trying stuff, taking risks. Coaches are doing as much as they as, as they can these days to, to to limit the risk that get the risks that get take that that get taken in games, and it's just making for a less enjoyable product, in my opinion. Right, but that's why when I see a guy like Ryan Shecky at Leon, I'm like, brother, this is this is what we need. This is what we need. I like he like he's one of the players where, even though he might have a bit of an attitude problem and like he has that that webinar for work right about him, I'm I'm saying, brother, I will pay through the nose to get him just to watch him play because for the longest I've watched United and I'm. I'm bored, so I'm bored out of my mind just because I, I I can't see anyone who's gonna pick up the ball and just do something like it's only a Rashford or, and now Garnacho. Before, even though it wasn't in our best friend, we still had like people like Pogba and Marshall plus Rashford who were able to pick up the ball and do something out of the ordinary. Now it's oh yeah, my days. So speaking of speaking, someone posted a comp on uh, on Twitter recently of a Pogba's debut versus Southampton. Yeah. And um, in that game, I believe Martial was playing on the left wing. Yeah, he was. And oh my God, he was lean. He was electric. I was like, oh my God. I actually forgot how fast Martial used to be. Bro. Like, yeah. He was actually electric. I was like, Jesus Christ, how the hell did we have a talent like this? And it's, and it's ending this way where guys literally would like, if he packed his bags and left tomorrow for free, no one would care. Bro, like it's mad because... It's like a combination of just injuries and just loss of confidence and just lack. Bro, like I keep saying it, this guy has barely played games since April 2021. Like he's not played games. Like, bro, barely. footballers need to stop bulking up, you know. This is why I don't like, bro. I don't like these. That's why, that's why I don't like these, these men on Twitter talking about footballers. Football, what football has bulked up and got better? Beast, beast, beast. Paul Pogba bulked up. Every season, Marshall bulked up, cocked every season. Memphis Depay bulked up. He's stiff as concrete. Like maybe, maybe Memphis, maybe Memphis is the one guy that bulked up and got better. Yeah, but I feel like with that, it was just because he became like a center forward. But even as a winger, he bulked up and he just looked disgusting. Even he someone looked- like even well, even like Callum Hudson Odoi, like he bulked up after his injury and like he can't Bro. run past anyone anymore. <laughs> Bro, that's that, that's why when I saw those pics of Saka bulking up, I was saying, yeah, more muscles for you to pull pause. Yeah. Hey. Hey, that was crazy. <laughs> what other questions you got there, Michael? Uh yes, you got uh ZS London. Um feels like the club don't really think we need a right back, even though I really think that's a priority position. Coming into the summer, how high would right back, how high would have right back been on your shopping list? Fourth. I feel like goalkeeper, striker, top two, mid goalkeeper, striker, midfielder were the three main priorities. And it looks like we've addressed those. Like we got Mount, we get it looks like we're getting Amrabat and Kobe Mainu, he's gonna be a part of the first team. So like, bro, we've addressed midfield, we've addressed goalkeeper, we've got a striker in. Right back would have been fourth. But I feel like the club feel like centre-back is a bigger priority because they're trying to move on Maguire. So I feel like they feel like they got Wan-Bissaka and Dalo, who are two starting quality Premier League right-backs. So they don't feel like it's a it's an urgent priority. And I would agree with that in, in, in comparison to the other positions. But 
after we now that we've addressed those other positions, right back is top of the agenda right now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like centre back still more for me just because of Varane, and I feel like with Varane, um, we lose so much def- defensively. I, I, I feel like his defensive influence is so underrated. Listen, I, the issue, the, the, the reason why I don't feel like Varane's an issue, I don't feel like he's he's as bad on the ball as people say. No, no. I think no. I think is I think obviously the injuries are a concern, but like yeah. the issue with replacing Varane is you have to get someone who's equally as dominant in the air in the box because yeah. you have a five foot two centre back next to him. <laughs> no, like, we have to be now. We have to be honest. Like now. Jamie Carragher on the pod, yeah. yeah. When when buying a, a partner for Lisandro, you have to buy someone that complements his style. Like otherwise, yeah. you're, you're putting yeah. yourself in trouble. So Varane is up there with the very best box defenders in the world. Like you know what I'm saying. So. You gotta get someone who's as dominant in the box, but is also an upgrade on the ball. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, and like yeah, this is what I was saying about um the Sassy. He's he's essentially that, but obviously people had the concerns about um his pace on the transition is one v ones and all and and all, all that rubbish. But the thing, the good good thing about him is that he can also cover at right back. So even even if Moran was playing, and for example. Ten, ten, ten Hag wanted to play like that three-two, three-two that Matt Man's even playing. Then you can put the sassy right back, or then if Iran's injured, he can play centre back. But that's that's the thing with me is that I feel like with Varane, we just need someone because I feel like even though Lindelof is good, he's he's just not good enough. Like in what we miss with Varane, and also the just the leadership and the influence there. Um, but yeah, I feel like with with right back, we can just kick the can down down the road for another year, and then we need to make a decision on Wamba Saka because if we give him a new new contract, that's basically right back done for the next four years. So, um, which is not something that I would want. I feel like we need to get an upgrade on them both. Um, yeah, we we really do need an upgrade because I just cannot trust Dalo. And I I can't trust Shaw either, but I feel like the disparity between Dello and Shaw in their ability is like I can take Shaw f- more pause. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But obviously you you're talking about man like Shirky, uh, Leon, right? Yeah, Leon right back. Now talk that Chelsea were interested tr- interested in him. Is that has that gone away or is that? Yeah, I thought I think they're um looking at Elise more now or yeah. So uh, it, it was Elise Shirky and then someone else. Kudus, yeah. So it's, I I think they're looking at Elise and Kudus more now. So I think that'll be something for like next summer or whatever. But yeah, um I feel like we are I I do feel like Ten Hag does still want an attacker and I feel like he wants someone in kind of that mold of versatile one. Um, yeah. Which is which is weird because I like that that, that that's, that's exactly what I wanted last summer, um, which I wanted in like a Guri. I mean, he plays for Ren, Ren now, but he can play he, he can play up top false nine left um, as a ten, and then even Kudus as well. He's more versatile. He can play as an eight, play as a ten, right, left, up front as that false nine as well. But um, yeah, I feel like if we could get an attacker and move someone on, and um, we would. But I don't think we will this summer. But I feel like that'll be something for next summer. 
And last question, just to sort of end on, just because we've not really touched on him, and he's a player who was injured for the majority of last season. He's played, he scored a very good goal against Leon in one of our sort of uh, preseason fixtures. Uh, writer Barbie, you doing too much. Do you think we should keep Donny for another season? One more chance because he is good technically, and we need technician, technicians in midfield. McTominay scares me. No, he should go. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry. Um, I mean, I I think I said last summer that people will see that this guy's just not gonna play under Ten, ten Hag. They thought, oh, he's an old coach and whatever. I said, nah, the guy's just not gonna play. I, I, I've seen this team many times before. <clears throat> um, he's he's a decent player. Um, just yeah, man. Like like even yesterday, I. I wasn't too impressed with him. Um, others were. I just I I just feel like he stays on the periphery of games too much, and I really don't like that. Um, and I feel like that's kind of hard to have in your midfield when your team isn't like properly set up with the right profile. So yeah, um, he should hopefully we're able to get a decent fee for him between fifteen to twenty million. I think we need to get. I believe is what he's been here for three seasons now. Yeah, so I think so. We will need to get sixteen million just so we don't make make a loss on him. Um, but yeah, I think he should go. I, I think that's unanimous. All right, man. Now thank you everyone that submitted the question. We can't get through all of them, but hopefully we've answered a few of them. I want to thank the panel today. Thank you, Reams, for your time, my brother. Appreciate it, guys. Pleasure being on again. And thank you, Elijah, for your time again. No worries, no worries, bro. And that's been another episode of Mugga Making United Great Again. You know, we've got the last few preseason games and then we start our season against Wolverhampton Wanderers, man. Let's get it. Take care and peace, people. Love. Peace. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford... Takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Only chance in my team like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Sports Social Podcast Network.